Amen. This afternoon when I heard about Brother Farinello being sick, I started feeling funny all afternoon. And so I hope, I hope that's just, you know, my, my mind rather than something actual. So uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1. Think about that song right there that we just heard. You think about where you would be if it wasn't uh, for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I was driving up uh, one of these streets down here. I uh, can't remember which one it was, but I saw down, down the ridge there, and I saw um, some tents set up down there and stuff like that. And you see that kind of all over Washington State and other places around the world. I would either be uh, dead today, either probably living in a tent like that or in jail if it wasn't for the mercy and grace, long-suffering, and patience of God. And when you think about God's mercy and His grace, am I good on the microphone? Okay. Um, if you think about that, you think about where, where you would be right now if, if it wasn't for God intervening in your life. Um, you know, mo- most of us would not be in this room tonight. And because of that, out of a heart of love and gratitude and thanks, we ought to want to go and reach beyond. We ought to want to go out to the uttermost, to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. Uh, but many times we have to be motivated. And so, Lord willing, tonight I'm going to motivate you a little bit from the scriptures uh, in this thing. We're thinking about reaching beyond. And God has given us a job, a commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. He says, even as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. He commanded the disciples to go and preach repentance and remission of sins to this world. And God has given us this task to complete. And so I'm going to have you stand, if you will. We're going to pick up reading in Acts chapter number 1. We're going to read verse number 1, verse down to verse number 9. We'll have a pray and then let you all be seated. And here in this passage of Scripture, Luke is uh, giving some of the details around the final days of Christ's uh, life on this earth. And uh, he, of course, gives them, uh, again, another form of the Great Commission here in this passage of Scripture. And the Bible says here, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times, excuse me, it is not for you, to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for what we've seen already this evening. Father, we thank you for the songs that we have heard. And Father, now as we gather around your word, Father, I pray that you would uh, touch our hearts, Father, that you would uh, make us, Father, soft and pliable, Father, willing to uh, respond to your spirit now. Father, speak to our hearts, Father. Help us, Father, to be listening. 
uh, for your still small voice. Now we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we consider this thing of reaching beyond, taking the gospel to the far reaches of the world. I was thinking about uh, a thought it would be kind of neat to put together. Uh, but you guys have seen those maps where you see uh, the world at night. And you see, you can tell, of course, places that are much more modern. They have a lot more light at night and things like that. And those are really kind of cool maps to see. I was thinking about it, though. What if we were to look at that same map from God's perspective, but not with physical lights, but with gospel light? I'm sure it would look much different. The United States is really lit up. I wonder how really lit up it would be if it was a gospel light that we were considering. Other places around the world would be just completely dark. But God, here in this passage of Scripture, the, uh, Luke was telling them some of the things that were uh, taking place here just prior to the Lord descending back into heaven. There in verse number 4, he was talking about how the Lord Jesus had resurrected and he was showing himself by many infallible proofs and that, that he was giving some more teaching to the disciples. And there in verse number 4, he says, "...and being assembled together with them, they commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he, ye have heard of me." And he, and he, of course, reiterates them to them the promise of the Holy Spirit coming. And he says, wait at Jerusalem. He will come. And we see in John 14 and 15 and 16, he talked about the promise of the Holy Spirit coming. It was needful that for him to go away so that the Holy Spirit would come. The Holy Spirit was going to be the driving force that would empower the church. And we saw what happened there on the day of Pentecost. But here in this time when the Lord Jesus is giving them some final comments some final instructions, and we know the other passages of Scripture where he told them to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature, to go and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and to teach them to observe all things. He had given them these, these commands. It's not, just a, it's not just a program that we want to get involved with. It's something we're commanded to do. This is his final instruction. And you see, though, how quickly, how fast they were sidetracked from what they were supposed to do. In verse number 6, they say, When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? He just got done telling them, he said, wait at Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit's coming. And now they want to have a prophecy conference. That quickly... They had gotten their focus off. There's nothing wrong with prophecy. They, you, know, you think about there in Matthew 24 and 25 and other passages of Scripture, the Lord had a, had a great prophecy conference for them, and now He's getting ready to go, and they say, wait for the Spirit, and they want another prophecy conference already. Not a bad thing, but they already lost their focus. They already lost uh, the sight of what it was that they were supposed to be doing. And in verse number 7, He said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. And then he has to reiterate it again. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. And he goes through the whole process again. And then he returns to his Father. The Bible says they were there on the Mount of Olives. He returned back into heaven. 
And no sooner than him going through, telling them they're gonna, they need to go to Jerusalem, he, they asked him to do another prophecy conference. He says, listen, guys, the Holy Spirit's coming. Keep in mind what you're supposed to be doing. No sooner than that, Jesus goes up and they all are sitting around. And they're watching and they're gazing into heaven. And God had to send an angel to remind them. Hey, guys, look look what the scripture says there in verse number 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, so shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So time after time, Jesus gives them the command, and no more than, it's almost like I have a, how many of y'all have had children at some point in your life? Okay. My children right now are two and three. And so we know how this works. You say, I say to my son, Caleb Andrew, I, I want you to do this. And, and no more than like two seconds into what I'm saying, he's already turned and he's going to do something else. You guys know what I'm talking about, how this works? We, we, the, we see that, I, I could say the childishness in a sense of the disciples. God says, go to Jerusalem and tarry there because the Holy Spirit's coming not many days hence. Lord, when are you restoring the kingdom? He says, guys, listen, go to Jerusalem. You're going to receive power after that. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then he ascends, and now they're just all sitting there waiting. They almost, it almost seems like they would have started a camp out there. He, because he said he was, not coming, he said he was coming pretty quickly. And so I could imagine them just trying to sit there and camp out. And so God had to send angels to say, come on, guys. Jesus said to go to Jerusalem. You need to go and do what he said to do. And sometimes when it comes to this thing of the Great Commission, sometimes we find ourselves also getting sidetracked. We find ourselves, you know, sometimes in their case, they were, they were, Lord, you know, give us the prophecy conference. We want to know more about your second coming. And it's important to know these things. But that wasn't what Jesus wanted them to focus on. They were supposed to go to Jerusalem. They were supposed to wait there to be endued with power from the Holy Spirit of God. Just think about if God didn't send those angels there to remind them, hey guys, you need to get to Jerusalem. Would they have camped out there and just been waiting? I could, you know, they could have set up shop there. You think about this for a moment. What if they wouldn't have been where they were supposed to be at that appointed time? You think about Thomas. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. He should have been assembled with the other disciples, and when Jesus had risen from the grave, he, was, he missed out. And he was doubting. He's like, I don't believe it unless I put my finger in his side and in the, 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 the holes in his hands, I won't believe. And here all of his brothers and sisters in Christ are like, we saw the risen Lord. And he's like, I don't believe it. Just think if Peter would have been absent on that day, he had been like, no, I'm going to stay out there on the Mount of Olives. Jesus said he was coming back, and so I'm going to stay here and wait for him. The day of Pentecost would have maybe been much different if Peter wouldn't have been there that day. I'll share a personal illustration of my own life. 
And after about a year of college, I knew that's when God put missions upon my heart. Graduated in 2009. And, uh, of course, was uh, serving the Lord in capacities, but also was very career-minded. And so in 2015, I actually uh, started working towards an MBA, doing it through an online program. And at that particular time in my life, 2015... 2016 into the early part of 2017, I was working full-time, still doing my ministries at church, but also taking a full-time MBA. And at that point, I was like, I've got to get this work done so I can't go to any of the extracurricular meetings at church. I was like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm faithful to the, all the services, being there at the time appointed, but all the extracurricular stuff I can't go to. And it was in the summer of 2016, it's amazing the way God times things. The summer of 2016, it just happened to be, be in July, my intermission between classes. I had a one-week break, and that was the week of our Hope Conference. And I, at this point, remember the whole year, I was like, I'm not going to anything extra. I've got so much work to do. I can't, I can't handle it. So that one week... That I had off, I was like, I'm going to make sure I go to the conferences that night. We had a gentleman named Brother Burton Gates preaching our Hope Conference that week. You guys, sounds like you guys know who he is pretty well. Brother Burton Gates was preaching every single night. And on the very last night of the conference, remember, like, the whole year, the whole rest of the year, everything extra, I didn't go. But that last night of the conference, God spoke to my heart, said, it's time to go to Italy. And you think about, if I wouldn't have been there that night, that one week, that one window, what would have happened? I would have not heard the Lord's voice. The Lord could have found another way to speak, but there was a prime opportunity that God had something prepared for me to hear and to do. And you think about this, they, God had given them this commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. To preach repentance and remission of sins to the lost and dying world. And so easily they got distracted. So easily they got focused on other things. And the Lord Jesus had to come back and remind them, hey guys, listen. This is what you're supposed to do. Yes, you're supposed to be concerned about the second coming. I've, I've, I've heard of some people, you know, they, they're, like, they, they're like, the Lord's coming back. So we're not going to invest in fixing up our building. We're not going to keep things looking nice. We're just going to, you know, the Lord's coming. We're, not gonna, we're just going to let things go by the wayside. We're hanging on to the bitter end, you know. And the Lord Jesus said for us to occupy till I come. That's an offensive term. He wants us to be going on and pressing on. You know, he could come tomorrow, but we don't stop what we're doing and just look up. We see the lost souls around us. And so I think we see in... The opening comments here in the book of Acts, I, I would say, I think we see a pattern, if you will, or a, or a method or an example that we can follow from the life of the Lord Jesus Christ that will help us, that will aid us and guide us in staying focused on reaching the world, reaching beyond. And it comes from the life of Christ, and it's here in the opening passage here as 
Luke is going through all these events. It's just interesting to see what took place. And right there at the very beginning of the passage, he lays out the key for us to be able to fulfill this commission. Look at, if you will, there in the beginning statements in Acts chapter number 1. The scripture says, Though the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up. We're going to consider this for just the next few moments. Remember everything that the disciples had just gone through. Jesus telling them, commanding them, the, the lack of focus, and then he had to recommand them and things like that. But I truly believe this is the key right here that will help us to fulfill the commission. I want to consider for a moment, the Bible says there that Jesus began both to do. In Jesus' life, he didn't technically start his ministry till he was 30 years old. But we do get to glimpse into his life a little bit at the age of 12. And the Bible says in Luke 2 and verse number 49, he was there in the temple and he was talking with the doctors of the law. And he says, wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. We heard that verse tonight. I must work the works of him that sent me. Jesus left us an example. He started to do. He did what his father had called him to do. And for us to do the Great Commission, to successfully reach the lost and dying world, we have to follow Christ's example of doing what God's Word has told us to do. Jesus Christ left us an example. He was faithful to worship. You, many, you see many times in the Scriptures that Jesus was in the synagogue. In the synagogue, I was going to count up all the times that He was in the synagogue, but He was always faithful to be in the place of worship that God had for Him to be in. We see from Christ's example, part of the doing that he did, he was faithful to pray. A great, he would go off a great while before day and he would spend time in prayer seeking God's face. He was the very son of God, but yet he prayed to give us an example. He was faithful to do. He was faithful to be filled with the spirit of God. If we're going to reach a lost and dying world, we have to be filled with the spirit of God. Doing this work... By the power of God, Paul talked about the work that worked in him mightily. It's not us that's doing it. It's having being in a tomb with the Spirit of God, planting and watering the seed of the Word of God. When I think about going into missions, it's, it's kind of a crazy thought. Because it's like, it's like, Lord, how are we going to do this? How is this all going to happen? You know, what am I going to say that's any different than anybody else that's going to make a difference? But then you realize that it's God that gives the increase. And it's the same for anybody that's a, that's a soul winner here. It's all God. You just have to be faithful to give the word. And so I ask you tonight, are you doing that which God has said to do? Are you following the example of the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible says that he was doing. How is our faithfulness to, our, to the church, how is our faithfulness in our walk with God? If we're failing in these areas, then we're going to fail ultimately in this thing of reaching beyond the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're not doing the basic things, we're not going to be able to do the greater work. How is our witness? 
Jesus said he's, he always does those things which please the Father. Are we doing the things that please the Father? If we're not, we're not going to be able to fulfill this commission. The Bible says there that Jesus began both to do and then to teach. And you see a very important thing here. Paul even talked about this in his own life. Those things which you have both seen in me, you know, and do. And he says, pass these on. I didn't write the verse down, but he says, you, you see these things in me, and then you pass them along. And before we can go out and teach, before we can say a word, we have to first have that lifestyle of the Word of God in our hearts, if you will. We have to be living that salt and that light that we ought to be. You think about this when you're at your job and you're in public. Do people know that we're a believer? Are they surprised when they find out, oh, you're a believer? Or do, is there something different about us? Does our walk add up to what our talk is, if you will? If it's not, then our, then our witness is going to be weak. It's not going to have the effectiveness that it ought to be. I ask you tonight, are you faithful in doing what God wants you to do? That's where it all begins. Christ wasn't above it. He was faithful to do what God's word said to do. We see folks like Demas, the Bible says, Demas has forsaken me because he loved this present world. Sometimes we get caught up with the things of the world and we're not doing faithfully what God says to do and then we can't fulfill the great commission. I'm a, I'm, I'm a missionary. And I have to be careful about being faithful to do the things that God wants me to do. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen. I have to get up. I have to walk with God. I have to pray. I have to abstain from the things of the world. It doesn't just happen by accident. And then we have to teach. We can live holy and righteously, but if we never open our mouth... We're going to do absolutely nothing. Yes, God can use our testimony, but we have to open that mouth of ours and use it for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this last part is one of the, my favorite parts about this too. Jesus began, he started, there was a starting point. He began both to do and to teach. And then the next phrase, I just love this. It says, until the day. Until the day in which he was taken up. Well, how long am I supposed to do this for? How long am I supposed to do? How long am I supposed to teach? And this isn't just for pastors and missionaries and Sunday school teachers. This is for every believer. How long am I supposed to do these things? Do I do it as long as I feel like it? Do I do it as long as until I'm in too much pain to be able to do it? Do I, is there a certain age at which I stop? 
The Bible clearly shows us right here from Jesus' example that we're supposed to be faithful to do and to teach until God calls us home. Whether that's through death or whether that's through the rapture, we're supposed to be faithful. There is not a, a retirement when it comes to doing and teaching the Word of God. There's not a retirement when it comes to preaching the Word of God to a lost and dying world. If we're going to get the gospel out to this world, we have to be faithful until the day that God calls us home. There's no excuse. As long as our mouth can move, we have a way to do and teach. I love the passage of Scripture in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 6, when God reveals Isaiah, that vision of the holiness, God high and lifted up. And you hear the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who shall go for us? And Isaiah answers the call and he says, Here am I, Lord, send me. But that's not the end of the story. I love, the, I love the, the next part. And Isaiah asks, Lord, how long? How long? <laughs> and he says, till the land be desolate without an inhabitant. We're supposed to be faithful to do and to teach until there's not another soul left to tell. And so I ask us all tonight... We see that Peter did, Peter and the apostles, they did get things straightened out. They didn't set up the camp there on the Mount of Olives. They went into town and to Jerusalem, but God, they did what God told them to do. They went in, they assembled together, they were fellowshipping together, they were breaking bread together, and they were praying together. And God endued them with power from on high. And then we see after they were faithful, they followed the example of their master. They did and then they taught. And they reached many, many people with the gospel. I ask you tonight, it's not, it's nothing, it's not like some, some special formula that you have to follow. It's just simply doing what God says to do in his word. And then being willing to teach. Do and teach. God has called me to go to Italy. God has called Brother Hetzer to go to Sri Lanka. God has called Brother Padilla to go to Germany. God has called you guys to do the same thing here. It's no different. It's just a matter of location. And if we're going to reach the world, we need to follow Jesus' example. Are we doing? Are we teaching? It's not some, some magical thing. It's just simply obeying the word of God. And how is our faithfulness? Are we faithful in the house of God? Are we faithful in our prayer life? Are we faithful in our walk? Are we faithful in our witness? Maybe you have been faithful for a long time, and you're like, well, it's, it's time for the, the younger ones to get up and take the mantle. God didn't give us a checkout time. We're, we've got to be faithful to the end. There's no exemptions. If we're going to do this, we have to follow Christ's example, he began to do and to teach until the day.
Let's everybody stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we do thank you for your goodness. Father, thank you for your, your patience with us, Father. Many times, like a child, Father, we hear you say something, and then we come across with a completely different answer or a different action or reaction. And Father, you're so patient with us. Father, but help us, though, to come to the understanding that you want us to just simply be faithful to do and to teach so that we can fulfill this command that you've given us, Father. We pray that you would help us, Father, to respond as your spirit speaks. Now we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.